0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat.
2: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City.
0: Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.
2: Hey
1: now. Tuesday is here. You excited about Tuesday? It's, uh...
2: It's going to go down to minus 30 degrees tonight in Ontario. Minus 30 Celsius with the wind, minus 21 without the wind. It is, uh, I had this discussion with somebody online this morning. I think we should shorten January and add a 13th month. A short one. I think. (laughs)
1: You think that'll make us feel
2: better? (laughs) You know what what made me on this path is just this morning you said, oh, it's been a month since Christmas. And I thought, only a month? That seems like years ago. It drags. January it does drag.
1: Dregs.
2: So here's my proposal. The 1st to the 20th, January. The 21st to the 31st, short month, Colduary, with two long weekends in it. Ha!
1: <laughs> I'm a goddamn genius is what I am. That's a dream. That's a great dream, though, and I like it. Well,
2: you know, in a minority parliament, Justin Trudeau is going to kiss every ass he can to get votes. So if you tell him, hey, you better shorten up February and throw in a couple extra long weekends. Add
1: another holiday, won't you? (laughs) He might actually go for it. What can we come up with for this one?
2: (laughs) Uh, before we talk about a few of the uh, things that are top of mind, like the trucker convoy yesterday, the province started publishing the school data, and I'm really curious to get your take on it because you're a parent of a student in school, sure. and and a lot of parents have decisions to make. Like, hey, is this safe? Is this a good idea to send my kid there? The answer is probably yes every single time. It is safe, and it's perfectly fine to send your kid there. Yeah. But there is a lot of absenteeism. 111 schools in Ontario had absence rates higher than fifty percent at the end of last week when schools returned to school well, when students returned to school. Fifty percent? Are you kidding? Okay,
1: me? but are those people absent because they wanted to they tick their kids out? They're opting to do asynchronous learning or what have you?
2: Uh, no, these are absent.
0: They're, they're absent. absent. Like
1: they're supposed to be there, but they're not. Okay. So just to clarify, that's the case. And, and in case people are wondering, no, we are not reporting on the actual like reasons. So could it be COVID could be close contact of COVID. It could be a number of those reasons. Could
2: have been dentist appointments and and vacations. vacations,
1: I suppose. I don't know how many people are doing that right now because the kids just went back to school, but okay. Okay. 30%.
2: 30%. When there's 30% out, the school will inform the parents that, hey, we got a lot of people out right now. And we don't know what it is because we apparently don't have any testing capacity in Ontario, mm-hmm. but we, we've we got some people out. So as far as the 30% threshold is concerned, 337 schools, 16 schools were closed at the end of last week due to COVID. And then That's only counting the schools that reported. There's a lot of uh, uh, things missing here. Some schools reported high absences due to weather and technical errors. The data was missing for 1,400 of the 4,844 schools in Ontario.
1: That's over 25%, guys. Did they just not submit it, or how does that work, or do we know? See, this has
2: been a problem since day one in all of this, is people can't get good, reliable information. We saw it with the the COVID numbers, and they're always posting catch-up numbers, and then uh, now with the schools. All right, yeah, yeah, we're going to tell you when it gets to 30%, and we'll make, we'll be transparent and promote those numbers online. Guys, there's 4,800 schools in Ontario, and you're missing 1,400 of them.
1: Sure. But to be fair, I, I assume that if there's issues in those individual schools that you mentioned that were not part of this, the parents will be known. It'll be known. I don't know about anybody else. Okay, I can only speak to my own um, communication with my kids' school. But I will say the communication's fabulous. Hmm. fabulous good to hear i not only we know that some buses uh, i think we mentioned this yesterday but buses are, are are hard to come by these days bus drivers i'm so sorry because a lot of people either were exposed to COVID 19 or what have you so they're finding a shortage in bus drivers right now and that's going to be on and off and sporadic throughout probably the next couple of months we assume my daughter's school not only is it obviously available to you to to go and check through the website for student transportation they will email you individually and let you know hey your kids on this bus or or whatever it might be throughout the whole school. This bus and that bus at that school are running late by this time and that time. I find the communication is fantastic. That's just from where I'm sitting. I hear what you're saying about There's no clarity for a lot of people here and there, but I personally feel super comfortable. I feel like I know what's going on there. I don't feel worried at all. And I frankly don't even give a shit to know those numbers. I want to know what's happening. I've wanted this from the beginning. Let's go individual. Let's go class by class and school by school. And that's what we're doing. You should know what's going on in your own kid's school and leave it at that. I don't need to know what's going on in a class in Thunder Bay. I frankly don't give a shit, but I'm glad to know (laughs) what's going on in my own kid's classroom. And even in the area of, of where my daughter goes to school, and KW, okay, fine. It's neat to know that information, I suppose. To know things seem to be going really well at this this area, fine. But otherwise, what business is it of ours anyway? As long as you know what's going on in your own school, you know if it's shut down or not, or you know if a, a classroom is out or not. That's all that really matters. That's how I feel about it. Hmm.
2: Okay, that's good. Uh, speaking of numbers not coming in on time, every Monday now we get this wild data dump from the hospitals that can't be bothered to report on weekends, right? And I still don't understand. How Christine Elliott, the Minister of Health, the one who's supposed to be running the show here, hasn't phoned these people and said, "What is it? Is it a manpower problem? Is it a just stubbornness? What is it? Do you need us to send you an intern? Like literally, we just need somebody to go up and down the halls, count how many people are there, and type it into a computer. We just need to know how many people are in the hospitals because we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses closed right now because of those numbers." How in the holy shit can you guys wake up in the morning at Queen's Park and not want the most up-to-date current information? Even when you check the local public health units, some of them haven't been updated since last Thursday. We need to know this stuff. Or they don't want us to know that stuff. But that's part of the reason that hospitalizations always go down on weekends and uh, they're down again on Mondays and then they shoot through the roof on Tuesdays and then they level back down right. and then you throw in the data corrections. It's impossible to follow it. And I don't know why nobody has thought to themselves, we should
1: really clean that up. You know, we said we'd be
2: transparent. We yeah. should definitely be transparent.
1: I bet you it's, it's, it's difficult, though, because what you run into is there's staff shortages and we know that in these hospitals. Who, you, who do you put that on? Who do you, do you just call a nurse who's busy doing a ton of other things or someone whose job that isn't to go around and look in room by room? I'm not going to pretend to know what happens on a day-to-day basis in the ICUs at a hospital. I'm not. So I'm thinking that it might actually be a lot more complicated than it seems because there's, and thank God that there's not people sitting around with enough time in their hands to go, one, two, three. Three? Like, they're working. They're busy. They're saving lives. And that's exactly what they should be doing.
2: Listen, we've got people making $500,000, 700000 salaries to run those hospitals. I would think they could allocate one person to count.
1: You would think. But those are Monday to Friday people who, I'm assuming, 5 p.m. on a Friday, they don't give a shit what happens.
2: No, they're off to spend their money that they're banking from us. Uh, it's going to be an interesting day. A couple of days in New York State. Yesterday, a state Supreme Court struck down New York's mask mandate ruling the governor and the New York State Department of Health didn't even have the authority to enact such a mandate without approval from the state legislature.
1: Ooh, that's getting weird.
2: Masking is no longer mandatory in New York State. Anywhere. They're not doing it anyway. If you've walked through or watched a TV event... That came out of New York state. You can see people aren't wearing masks. It
1: only becomes problematic when you're talking about those densely populated areas. Like, obviously, everyone's thinking the same thing. New York, New York, where Manhattan, wherever you name it. They've got a dense population. If enough people go on masks that that masked that worries people. That said, uh, businesses, for example, they can create that in their own spaces. Correct.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Much like here,
1: right? You wear a mask to come in the door somewhere. So it I might not be as big of a problem as it seems from the outside hearing about it, but there's still a lot of people that are not happy with, with what happened yesterday.
2: I want to play a couple of different things for you. First off, we're going to start off in an underappreciated province like Saskatchewan. We actually have a lot of listeners in Saskatchewan, Aww. and I love that. Uh, listen, from where we're sitting here, you guys have got just a fantastic have premier, an and shelf. maybe you guys don't uh, necessarily love him, because I know it's hard to love your current government. However, Nobody
1: likes their current premier.
2: <laughs> well, some of them do have a good premier, they just don't like him. Right. Others just have a shitty premier. So this is a little bit of Premier Scott Moe yesterday in Saskatchewan.
0: Is a convoy of truckers an appropriate approach when we have empty store shelves and other supply chain disruptions right now?
3: That is a great question for the Prime Minister of Canada and his government. Uh, as this is their policy that is being reacted to. Um, I, I would encourage all to, uh, in, in whatever uh, method they're choosing, to ensure they are Uh, following all of the laws and and, and regulations that ultimately are in place, which I'm sure, uh, you know, transport drivers are are well-versed with, and they will be as they do uh, that each and every day. Um, But that is a great question for for our federal government. Is this um, policy uh, actually going to, in any way, Uh, produce any tangible results or is it just going to essentially have a a negative uh, result in us not being able to access uh, the the goods and services uh, that Mm. truckers bring to our community each and every day. Uh, Understanding that the vast majority of these individuals are already vaccinated and understanding that they have been operating uh, throughout this pandemic even at the most trying times when we saw some incredibly large case numbers in the early days of COVID south of the border. It was our Truckers that crossed that border uh, day in, day out and brought us back our, you know, our vegetables, our, our, our our goods and services uh, that we needed in, uh, you know, a very trying uh, time uh, in, in this pandemic. It was uh, our truckers that were uh, the, the, the courageous ones um, that went prior to vaccines, prior to any of the, um, to any of the tools that we do have available uh, ultimately here uh, today. So I, I think there's a much better uh, path forward. Maybe it's one of some dialogue between the federal government and our respective uh, trucking associations. And one, I would hope that respects uh, what our, our truckers have done uh, for us here in this province and done for us as Canadians, uh, not only throughout this pandemic, but, but in general. That's a great answer. It's like he was listening to After 9 <laughs> yesterday.
1: You know what? And I love that he that he did hit on a lot of points that we hit on yesterday. But that said, he was basically supporting the truck drivers without saying it out loud. Is that Am I correct there? Or did he openly say, I am in support of this? Well, he... Because that's why I feel I'm missing here. I'm hearing a lot of those things and those points. And those points are absolutely correct. And I believe them to be true. And you believe them to be true. And a lot of people do. But a lot of people, premiers specifically, aren't going out of their way to say this is right. This is the right way. This is exactly what we need right now to prove that it's not okay these mandates.
2: Well, I think what he had to do was, yes, kick it back to the prime minister, because, yes, this is Justin Trudeau's policy. 100
1: percent. It's uh, not fair for someone else to actually answer for it.
2: But he did make a good case for the truckers and why we should be respectful of what they're asking for here. And I don't disagree with him at all. It was a great way to answer that question. And Scott's been very consistent throughout the whole pandemic on measures like that and taking stances like that. We have no idea what Doug thinks. In the past, he's been very supportive of truckers. He has encouraged them to uh, keep going and keep those supply lines and supply chains fed. and he he recognized the importance of truckers early on in the pandemic. He was even advocating for rest stops. Please open up. Allow these truckers to use the bathroom. Make sure they're clean for Oh, them.
1: that was another thing they went through that was just horrible.
2: Horrible. People shunning them because they were truck drivers and they'd been in the States. It was horrible the way they got treated in some cases. But I still haven't heard Doug come out in defense of what's going on this weekend. And frankly, it seems like there's a lot of politicians that just don't know what, what to make of it. Like- I saw so many interviews yesterday. News outlets Five days before the protest, trying to downplay the protest. Oh, what what are they raising money for? Uh, uh, They're just stealing money. Uh, What what are they? Uh, A a few trucks. Uh, It's not a big deal. It's just going to piss everybody off.
1: They're going to get closed down by the time they get there. They're going to shut their highways down on them anyway. Well, that's exactly what they wanted. Nobody in or out. That was kind of the point of what they were doing, too, is what I saw yesterday.
2: So now I want to go to Ottawa because the federal opposition leader, Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, he was asked about this relentlessly because he wouldn't answer the question mm. and frankly i don't understand why listen to this
0: uh, McGregor, ctv news a similar question to Louis about this convoy several several of your mps have uh, su- uh, tweeted out support for the uh, convoy uh, one of them saying uh, that she, uh, he felt uh, the prime minister had a vendetta against people who were unvaccinated do you support the convoy its goals, its objectives, even though the Canadian Trucking Alliance says it could be disruptive? And to follow, again, repeat Louis' question, will you meet with them when they come to Ottawa? We've been talking to the Canadian Truckers Alliance, Glenn, for several months. We've seen a crisis in the supply chain coming for several months, and we've proposed policies to try and help alleviate that, the most important of which is vaccines. And we encourage everyone to get vaccinated and to get boosted. And how can we use those tools alongside the other tools to make sure that we don't see shortages on grocery store shelves. Because here's the reality. When there's a shortage of products, the costs go up and Canadians are already 60% worried about paying their grocery bill. So we can't have policies that make that even worse and we can't raise taxes. So that's what we've been advocating for responsibly the last few months, Glenn, is to try and tackle the supply chain crisis encourage vaccination not ignore problems and divide the country like mr trudeau does he didn't answer my question uh, no he didn't
2: answer the question (sighs) he got asked that question three more times
1: three more
2: times they tried to get this guy to go on the record
1: what is the fear is the fear seriously that people will be like wow i can't believe you're in support of this i you're a terrible human like they really think that that's going to go this this bothers me the most there's no transparency with anybody it what are you thinking? This is when we need it the most. His The best thing he could have done is say what he really feels and and maybe that means that he is for it. Maybe that means he's against it. Maybe that means he doesn't know enough about it. But be honest about it. That's There's I, nothing that came from that that made me go, I know who that guy is. And that was my problem with Aaron O'Toole the first time around. I don't know what an Aaron O'Toole is. And you continue to do this. This guy's the worst with that. I don't know who you are or what you actually think. You just talk a lot of fucking words. That's all you do.
2: I'm going to give you a freebie here, Aaron, and I'm going to tell you exactly what you should have said. And this is what everybody should say. And everybody should have this line ready. Yes, I fully support everyone's right to protest peacefully. Say it, Aaron. Say the words. They're coming for a protest. They have a right to do that, but they have to keep it peaceful and it has to be lawful. Are you going to meet with the truckers? It's a very simple answer. I haven't been invited to meet with the truckers. And frankly, it's Justin Trudeau they want to meet with. Not me. He's the prime minister. It's his policy. They don't want to meet with Aaron O'Toole. What's that going to do? Nothing. And I urge everyone to be peaceful and respectful of law enforcement and private property. You say those things right there. That is the perfect down the middle. Solve the problem.
1: It worries me, that last part, by the way. I'm starting to get a little worried. And it's not what the convoy is all about because I know what it's about. And they, everybody who was involved in planning this from the beginning plans and planned, continues to, plan to do this peacefully and respectfully and all those things. But man, I'm seeing more and more comments in the comment section, particularly of the Facebook page is what I'm talking about, guys. As posts get up there, majority is awesome. Can't wait, guys. I love seeing the support. I love seeing the unity. People from other countries joining in, from France, um, from the United States, obviously. In fact, there are some truck drivers from the United States that are going to take part in this too. Great, fine. And I'm also seeing some other things popping up in the comments that make me wonder, are people going to cause a shit show on purpose to make the people who are about the the actual cause look bad. Yeah. And I worry about that, to those be honest the, with you.
2: Those are the counter protesters that we spoke about yesterday. Yeah. And and I really listen, I'm if seeing you're
1: seeing it more and more like evidence that they might show up and cause co- an attempt to cause shit.
2: A few of the organizers have already put out videos to the guys who are coming to it, guys and girls who are coming to this protest this weekend and they've warned them. You will be peaceful. We're going to kill them with kindness. We are not going to be drinking alcohol at this. And, and he laid out the rules for how they can do this respectfully and make their point. And frankly, the numbers alone, if they've got the numbers they say they do, will make a point. Once it turns south, though, guys, you got to disassociate yourselves from that real quick. And I hope it doesn't come to that. But you're right, Kat. There's some real assholes that are going up there just to cause shit. And it's going to be a big story this coming weekend. I hope there's wall-to-wall 24-7 coverage. I'd like to see all the major networks camped out on Parliament Hill covering this. Because it deserves to be covered. And part of the reason it deserves to be covered, right here in Ontario. Let the debate begin. Campaign is on. This morning they're doing some weird democracy left-wing summit thingy at Ryerson. And Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca... Who, in the past, has called for the booster shot to be added to the Vax Passport?
1: Right
2: now, also says you should need uh, to be fully vaccinated to go to the LCBO and Ontario cannabis stores.
1: Oh, very Quebec-like, isn't
2: it? The NDP agrees with him, and they're calling for a third dose to be part of the vaccine certificate.
1: I, I
2: listen, Steve, Andrea. I don't know what you guys don't understand, but in case you haven't noticed, the tide has shifted. It has shifted greatly, and it's happened in the last six weeks. Things have changed. People are over it. They got their two shots, they did their part, and then they got locked down. They got locked down and restricted and treated no different from anybody who is unvaxed. There are no privileges in Ontario for being vaxxed. And even if they do bring him back, I'm afraid the damage is already done. There's a lot of people who use the last six weeks to say, "Mm, I will make my own decisions now. Not because Justin Trudeau tried to shame me into it. Not because Doug Ford nagged the shit out of me over it. I'm going to make a decision based on my own health, and I want to see what else is going on around here. You guys can wonder all you want why the booster numbers aren't great. In fact, I saw the immunity task force trying to blame the very, very low kid vaccine numbers on Omicron. Imagine that. You're blaming COVID for the reason that kids didn't get a COVID shot.
1: It's funny. yeah. And what have we said from the beginning to the nagging and the bragging? It does not work. And I don't not know. Not anymore. Yeah.
2: It, that was a good for one and two. That was all it was good for. One and two. And a few people who got real scared about COVID when Omicron came out. Although I don't know why. Again, we're still talking about a very, very mild variant. Uh, the kid thing, I don't understand that one either. Nothing has changed about COVID. Two years ago today, happy anniversary, the very first COVID case was reported in Ontario, January 25th,
1: 2020. <laughs> Do we bake a cake? Like Cupcakes has that work today. Hooray. Yeah. Still going strong, guys.
2: And, you know, one of the things that we knew from the beginning is this was particularly lethal and very dangerous for older people and people who have certain health conditions never for kids. It wasn't for kids and it still isn't for kids. If you want to get your kid vaccinated, by all means. I think everybody should get their shots. But if you're a parent and the the government tries to come at you and shame you into vaccinating your kid, you know the truth. You know the truth. You've known it since the beginning. The very first thing we learned about COVID. Dangerous for old people, Very minimal risk for young people. That's not to say there aren't young people getting sick.
1: And we should mention that's also, we don't know the long-term effects of COVID. So it's fair to also say that.
2: And it is, you're absolutely right. It's fair
1: to say we don't know these long-terms. There's long COVID, there's already, studies obviously are going to be early studies. That's all we have. But there are studies being done, particularly on children, because they want to make sure everything's okay. And by the way, it has nothing to do with uh, being able to reproduce and all these other things. They, they already, most scientists who have studied this so far say there's probably nothing to that, but they are looking at stuff in the brain, which to me is pretty important.
2: I would say so. So
1: the long-term effects of COVID are very important to consider as well. I just want to mention that.
2: Yeah, listen, I, I really hope that it's time to have this conversation and I hope that... The, the COVID obsessed, the ones who are afraid of their shadow when it comes to COVID, the ones who raced out day one, lined up at four o'clock in the morning to get their boosters and paranoid about every variant. Uh, there's a lot of people, just so you know, that maybe even used to be like you. That have seen enough to say, you know what, I'm going to pull myself out of this a little bit here and I'm just going to sit back and wait and see what happens. And if a variant comes up that I'm concerned about, I'll go get a booster. But for now, I'm not doing it. That's the way a lot of people are feeling. There's a lot of fully vaccinated people that are seeing regular unvaccinated people being treated like second class citizens or worse. Now that the liberals and NDP want to restrict you from going to the LCBO or the cannabis stores. I don't know how they can restrict you from the cannabis stores because, frankly, uh, the cannabis stores are privately owned, and that's not a government decision there. Mm. When it comes to the LCBO, I've never heard a more compelling case to sell it off and privatize it. If that's the way the government is going to go
1: it's, People are going to find their liquor anyway And they come will on, just stop. Eh? Why don't you
2: guys just send checks to the bootleggers And drug dealers yeah. Why don't you guys just send them the money right away And oh. make it easier on <laughs> everybody All that
1: shit you worked so hard to fix through the years And I don't mean you necessarily as those in office currently But through the years that they've done to try to fix that And you're basically going to try to blow it up It doesn't make any Just to prove your own point
2: Listen it's very simple to impose these mandates When you've got 80 or 90 90% of the population vaxxed. But if you change the definition to three shots, you're going to have a real hard time on your hands, Doug. I really hope that this, they want to make this a wedge issue, and if they want, game on. Because there is a lot of people that will not stand for that. 50% boosted. And they know, now there's a fourth shot right around the corner, and they're going to make you get that. And then they'll add that. At some point, people who are opposed to these mandates have to stand up and say no. Hey, I've thought about getting my booster shot. I have. And and I'm double vaxxed and I did my part. And yeah, yeah, rah, rah, team Canada. Fine. I don't have a booster yet. And frankly, I'm not interested in it. Frankly, I realize that every time somebody gets a booster, if I get a booster, I'm actually part of the problem. Because the more people that are vaccinated, the easier it is to impose these mandates. And I personally don't think they're fair or right or even Canadian. So I don't want to be part of the problem. I really don't. And with 50% having a booster, it's going to be real tough to impose a a mandate with only 50% done. How do you go to those restaurants and say, yeah, we're going to keep screwing you as long as we possibly can. We kept you closed through all of January and now we're going to let you reopen, but only at 50%. Oh, and by the way, the 50% that you can have in your restaurant, only 50% of the population is eligible to go there.
1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
2: Let's switch gears here and go to a couple other things. Are you at all interested in this new space telescope that they put up?
1: Um, I think it's cool. So, sure? Like, <laughs> in terms of we're going to get clearer shots of things, then yeah. cool. Like, that's great.
2: We can actually see further into the universe than ever before with this thing.
1: I mean, that's neat. And who doesn't want to, who isn't curious about that?
2: It's the James Webb Space Telescope. NASA launched it and just yesterday it's fired it fired its rocket thrusters and got itself into the place where it's gonna stay. The maneuver, they say, put this ten billion dollar observatory into orbit around the sun.
1: Ten billion? Did you just say it was ten billion? Ten billion dollars. Yeah. Shit.
2: Yeah. Oh, like oh God. $10 billion oh, for a yeah, telescope. Yeah, but I think that there's some value in it if it's yeah, better yeah, than yeah. the last telescope.
1: You know what? And, and we never know what's going to happen. And you don't know what it's going to catch. We could catch something that's a game changer for us here on Earth.
2: You never know. Sure. With this one, though, it's amazing to me how it stays in place. So it fired its rockets once it got into its orbit around the sun. But they got it right at a spot where the gravitational forces of the sun and the Earth are balanced. So if you put this telescope where they put it, it's going to stay perfectly centered because the sun is pulling on it one way and the Earth is pulling on it another way and it just keeps it like magnets.
1: That's crazy. How did they even calculate this? Like the brains in these people, I swear.
2: You know, I can't remember where I put my fucking keys and these guys are thinking on the gravitational pull of the sun balanced out against the gravitational pull of the Earth. i here
1: like, I don't think I can do Wordle. I don't know if I want (laughs) to try to tempt it because... I don't know. And these guys are doing this. It's crazy.
2: It's wild. Uh, Can we take a step down to the grocery store for a second? Yeah, let's. Grocery stores are in a weird spot because the grocery stores have to decide what comes after the pandemic, before groceries were just done the way they always were. You went in, you bought your stuff, you waited in line, you paid for it and took it home. Load up the trunk. But a lot of people have gotten real used to the idea of the click and collects, the grocery gateways, all those type services where they'll either deliver them right to your home or you can at least have somebody else do the shopping and you just go and pick it up. Pull into the space and phone the number. We'll bring your groceries out to your car. There, what's that other one that people are using? Instacart now? Instacart.
1: Yeah. My what is sister, that? My sister's a big Instacart fan. Yeah. It's an app. It's an app. And it, if I'm not, I don't know if there's specific grocery stores available, but if I'm not mistaken, there's multiple grocery stores. It's not like based on Voila, which for example is Sobeys. And then you've got the Click and Collect. That's the Loblaws. This one, I believe with Instacart is drivers that go and do the shopping for you at these different locations, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Okay.
2: Well, Let's talk about the grocery store because, like I said, they've got some tough decisions to make here. When things go back to normal, do they need those big warehouse-style stores? Do they need 40 aisles that have got every kind of ketchup you can imagine on them? Or could they condense operations for the small few who do want to continue shopping? Or maybe we just screw the online. Here's the store. If you want something, come get it. Maybe we should do that. What's the right solution? So they ask people, tell us what you hate. About online shopping? Tell us what you hate about shopping in person. Let's see if we can strike a balance here for people. When they asked, what do you hate about going to the grocery store? The number one answer was the line at the checkout. Okay. It's kind of a hard thing to plan for because if you bring in staff for all 10 tills, eh, you have dead periods where you're just wasting money paying someone to stand around. Right. But if you keep it at where you predict, it'll be. Inevitably there's going to be a long line cuz that's when you get the rush. I don't know how they plan for that sort of thing, but yeah, long lines are annoying. I go out of my way to try and get in the shortest one. I've had 10 items in my hand and put 2 of them back so I could go to the express checkout. <laughs> that's how bad I am. Really? I, hate I still lines. go with
1: those extra 2 by the way. They don't say anything. I'm going to sit there and count. Yeah,
2: how I feel like an asshole if I do that? I don't.
1: Like, it's amazing how much I don't feel like an asshole doing that. Really? Yeah, don't care. You're kind of an asshole they if don't you care. do that. They don't care. I've asked. I ask. I say, I think I might have 17. They go, it's always, it's someone who's, a, like, they don't give a shit. He's like, I don't care. If you show up with a grocery cart full, of course they care. If you got two items over, no.
2: Long lines were number one. Stores rearranging their inventory.
1: Uh, ah, uh, fuck the bananas <laughs> used to be here and now they're there and right. what am I gonna do right I don't find that happens often but Listen, maybe I you,
2: you OCD freaks <laughs>
1: stuff happens yeah. they
2: move around you got to roll with it
1: yeah I don't know if it happens a lot at the same store constantly but it does happen to me where I go to a newer store or I do switch too I'll go to you know Zare's one day I'll go to Sobeys the next I'll go to whatever wherever I can that I think okay I want to try that this brand from this place and that does mess with me when the, when it's not in the place I think it should be. I, don't know.
2: I think those are very well. I thought the first one was a very valid complaint. Long lines. Some of these are kind of trivial, but I mean, hey, the stores wanted to know from shoppers what is the problem here. So people did say when the stores rearrange inventory. Third was other carts in your way. Uh, hey, you know what? I know that we don't have grocery store cops, but if they did, a lot of y'all would be getting a ticket pull your cart off to the side don't leave it in the middle of the aisle
1: have you pulled someone else's cart out off to the side because I have
2: it's remarkable how many times I've either pushed or pulled somebody else's cart off to the side yeah. so I can get down the aisle yeah
1: oh don't get me wrong I'll say excuse me if I'm going through and it's there and that person's there like perusing the, the spaghetti section or something I'll just excuse me there's so many kinds of pasta I can't I can't choose just one I will I will say it and if they don't listen I just move the cart I just move it out of the way
2: um, a kind of off topic, but yeah, you're right. And part of the problem is people are very indecisive. I also think that the person who does the groceries from your household should be the person who plans to cook those groceries. I think so, because I can't tell you lately how many times I've had to get slowed down in a grocery store because some asshole's on the phone, phoning his wife, <laughs> trying to figure out well, do you want this kind of yogurt or that kind of yogurt? I don't fucking know. Just ask her before how, you leave the house. How many people? Did she give you a list? Yeah. Or just
1: make a decision. That seems incompetent. But going back to the delivery people, I know we're going to get there still, but going back to those people who shop for you, that's what I find a lot of too. A lot of phone checking, a lot of research being done in the middle of the aisles of the store, or perhaps calling that customer saying, they don't have this. What do you want me to do? A lot of that.
2: Yeah. Uh other shoppers invading your personal space? Sure. I mean, that could be the other person's fault or it could be yours. If you're taking a long time trying to decide between the the fusilli and the wagon wheels, you could yeah. probably expect somebody's going to reach around and just grab a bag of spaghetti. Maybe she wants bow tie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the Farfalle. way, speaking Ooh. of this, I don't know if this is in this list, but you just made me realize the kind of ironic thing is what bothers me lately is those massive carts for the in-store people who are shopping for other people. Mm-hmm. Because those tend to get in the way. And a lot of the time, they're so busy trying to find the next thing on the list that that cart gets in the way more so than anyone else's cart.
2: Lack of stock? Yeah. Welcome to Ontario. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's everywhere.
2: Uh, slow walkers? I. Mm. Some people are slow for reasons that I don't know, so I always Holy. try... I, unless it's really, really yeah. obnoxious, I will always give someone the benefit of the doubt that Agree. maybe they're in pain or they have a condition. So that one doesn't bother me too much.
1: Agree, yeah.
2: One of the biggest complaints about shopping in person was something that you do when you forgot something. It pisses you off that you went to the grocery store and you were supposed to get this <laughs> and left without it. Yeah. That's an actual thing that people complained about. <laughs> you know,
1: I do that and it's you have no one else to blame but yourself. Absolutely. I have done it before where I get all the way home and realize, oh my gosh, one of the reasons I made this list is because I needed, and I didn't even get that fill in the blank. Another thing that pisses me off is when I don't go back and then I regret not going back because I realized, well, I was still in the grocery store, perhaps even in line. Well, it's too far away now. Yep. I'm, not, I'm, not
2: going back. Oh.
1: I'm not going back to the freezer section. Screw that. That's
2: like on the other side yeah. of the store. I, you know
1: what? I'll go with, I'll make it, I'll make do. And in your mind, you're like, yeah, I'll convince myself I'll make do without it.
2: I'll just Google how to make sour cream.
1: <laughs> I how hard could it be?
2: <laughs> uh, carts that don't move well or have that wonky wheel. And uh, I like the self-checkout. I've never worked as uh, someone who has to process things, so I never got the joy of working with a scanner. So now that as a customer, I can use the scanner, I love it. It's
1: fun. I don't mind it. I'm one of those weird people. I I quite enjoy the self-scanner. I have no problem with it.
2: But it actually made the list of complaints because of that message. Unexpected item in the bagging area. And then they got to call somebody over and she's got to take that lanyard off her neck and swipe it and... eh, key and whatever and you're
1: over here as an honest shopper trying to convince him you're not trying to steal shit yeah like it must not have like something didn't work I'm not trying to take a cantaloupe I promise you I'm not trying to steal a cantaloupe if I was going to steal something it wouldn't be a cantaloupe like (laughs) I swear it just didn't work I guess you know it's 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 a weird situation and they don't tend to that's the thing is they actually don't tend to care they know they're like yeah it happens Mm -hmm. they put in their code and then you're off but yeah it is annoying it slows you down a bit
2: Trouble finding what you need online was the number one complaint about people who did their groceries virtually, whether they had them delivered or Ah, they picked them up. Sure. Trouble finding it. Yeah. It is hard, and not all those sites are great. Some of them are really difficult. It's not like they just show you. You should be able to type in eggs and, oh, here's the six different types of eggs that we have. You just pick the one you want. Boom. You move on. No, you got to look. And then you'll get to, I don't know, when you click on the, the ketchup. Oh, okay. Oh, would you also like to add eggs? Eh, I don't think one has to do with the other, but okay, I'll add the eggs. And then you get screwed up in your routine and your list gets all messed up. Maybe that's just me. In any have case. Have you done
1: it before? I was going to ask. Have you done it before? I have. And I personally
2: thought it was really convenient. I just found it took up way too much of my time doing it on the website. I felt like I could be faster just going in and right. grabbing what I needed. So
1: what I've heard is from people who do it often, it becomes easier because you have your saved carts. So if you're the type of household, now keep in mind, because I'm not this type of household, except for five or six items that are prominent every week. You know, I get milk for the kids. I get eggs. I get this. I get that. Great. Great. But if you like to, see, this is why I, I like the in-person thing is because I like to switch it up. And in the moment I might go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do, i got going to get jalapenos because I'm going to make jalapeno poppers in that moment. Whereas if I'm online, do, 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 I might not think about it. I need, I'm a visual person. I need to see it.
2: Items being out of stock or unavailable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, yeah. big supply chain issues. Do they
1: have to substitute everything too when that happens? Like, can't they just go with this? Like at some points I just go without. Like, don't give me this brand when I ask for that brand because this is garbage. That's the problem I ran into when I did it once.
2: That was actually one of the higher complaints is was when it? you get a substitute item. Yeah,
1: like I, don't, I just don't like it because they, they assume, oh, it's, they'll be okay with this. But no, I'm very particular on this brand of that or I don't want it at all.
2: I wanted the yogurt that's got the fiber in it and the probiotics. Not
1: this one, you asshole. (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis commercial one's the only one I like. Don't you try to give me dead on.
2: (laughs) Uh, Missing items, struggling to get a good delivery or pickup slot also on the list. A lot of this comes back to the actual person that's doing the shopping. Mm. And in a lot of cases... They're young people. Yeah. And I don't know if you've had a conversation with a teenager recently, but as a little experiment, yep. why don't you take the the teenager in your life and and walk him down to the grocery store, hand them a list and say, go get these. I think you'll be shocked at what you actually get versus what you wrote down. There's some teenagers who just haven't had those lived experiences. They can't tell the difference no. between a zucchini and a cucumber. No.
1: And that's how these mistakes happen. I will throw myself, my teenage self, under the bus on this one. Because I'm not even going to talk shit about kids who are just trying to make some money, right? They're just oh, I trying don't begrudge them that at all. Yeah, because yeah. they're just trying to, I get it. They want their first job as their first part-time job. And hey, they happen to need shoppers. So batter up. Here you, here you go. Here's your list. Go find it fun, right? Everybody starts somewhere in their first job. Man, I worked at a fucking library. Do you think that I did a good job? No, I Mm. did not. I was not meant to be there. But if it was a young me doing grocery, same thing. You know, I would go through the aisle and be like, Oh, they want a kale. There's, I don't see. Is this kale? Is kale or lettuce? Is, is this spinach. Is spinach. I don't is spinach, know. spinach and romaine the same thing? Yeah, they're like the same thing. It's fine. Like that would have been me. So I don't trust other teenagers because I've been a teenager and I do see it happening as I shop now as an adult. I watch it happen and sometimes I want to ask if they need help. Mm-hmm. Like at some points, I've looked at them looking at things and looking on their lists and looking at things and looking on their lists. I'm thinking, do you want to ask me? Because I'll help you out with that. But I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, you can't blame them, like I said. And I'm not sure if they, maybe they do have a cross checker, you know, in some stores. Maybe they do. Or who who finalizes the list and says, okay, what'd you get? This, this, okay, that won't do. You can't substitute for this. Maybe that's what they do have in some stores. I don't know. But I do know that I. this is one of the reasons why I don't do it.
2: Is there really no technology where you can go online and select the item. And if they don't select the item, you just get a notification on your phone. Hey, we don't have the eggs you asked for. Here's your alternatives or remove it from your cart altogether.
1: Yeah, you know, you make a good point because when you think about the fact that cameras are everywhere right now, they're very easily accessible. Could they not have a store by... And this is probably a lot for somebody here. Like Galen Weston be like, shut up, guys. But let's say store... Galen's getting enough money. He's he's fine. fine. He's fine. But think about it because it is a battle right now. It is a very competitive, very saturated market. That online shop for me in my grocery store market. It's getting bigger. It's getting more competitive. So hear me out here. What if we put cameras in the aisles at these stores? So I decide I'm going to shop at um, Zaire's Weber Street. Okay? So I go on there and I click on my store and I can see right then and there. Is this available? What's available? Oh, I forgot about this. Grab me pickles from this aisle. I almost forgot. I don't know. Is that a way to do it? Yeah. So you can actually see what's there and what's not there.
2: It's totally a way to do it at this point. Cause we've been doing it for a while now and we know how quickly technology evolves. I'm surprised I can't just put on some fucking VR goggles or something like that. <laughs> and I feel like I'm there. Where's the metaverse Mark Zuckerberg? Like make me feel oh, like I'm there.
1: Grocery shopping in the metaverse. That'll probably happen one day.
2: They're saying the first big use of the metaverse will be weddings. You can attend someone's yeah. wedding without actually having to go to the sure. wedding.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can still get drunk in the safety of your own home. It's a good time. and right? you, Yeah. You, you don't take, have to drive. When you're sick of looking at everyone's face, you just take your goggles off. It's not don't,
2: You don't have to listen to the fucking shitty music or dance <laughs> around the table with a set of keys or anything. During
1: the speeches, ac- mine will accidentally disconnect. Whoops. I'll be back in 15, 20, 30 minutes. <laughs>
2: There is a woman who's going viral. This is a great story on scottandcat.ca. She's telling of how she met a guy who was receiving kidney dialysis. He had some major problems going back to when he was a teenager. He needed a transplant, and they went together and had some tests done, or he was getting tests done or some treatments, and she said, you know what? Go ahead and test me. They figured out she's actually a match. She donated her kidney to a fairly new boyfriend. Wow. Could you ever imagine doing that? I mean, no. Not someone you're married to, just someone you're dating. You're still in that early phase of the relationship, but they need a kidney and you have one and you are a match. Maybe God brought you guys together for a reason because your kidney should be in his body.
1: Wow. Is there anything to that? I mean, sure. I could see it. I mean, obviously it has happened, but I, it's a big ask. Huge. Not that he asked, I guess, but it was a big offer. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't personally, I couldn't personally think about doing that.
2: He went to Vegas, cheated on her, and then broke up with her.
1: After he got a kidney? After from her?
2: he got her kidney. Oh, no, no, no. And I don't no. think he set out to to steal her kidney and then dump her. I, I think when she offered the kidney, he liked her. He just changed his mind. Wow. Um, I'm gonna go out here and say <laughs> it. Listen, listen, asshole. She gave you a kidney. If she wants to dump you, cool. You better be okay with it. You cannot dump her. You find a way to make it work. She gave you a kidney,
1: for God's sake. She saved your life. Disagree. First of all, Vegas. Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas.
2: Everybody cheats in Vegas. Vegas. Everybody knows that.
1: No, no. In all honesty, the the cheating part's terrible to me. The cheating part's the bad part. But the bad part isn't that he broke up with her, for me. What? Yeah. It's not the bad. That's not a bad part.
2: Nothing says thank you like, "Mm, see you later.
1: It's not, but what if it wasn't meant to be that way? Do you, are you supposed to force a relationship with someone just because they gave you your, a kidney? If there's I mean, ever a circumstance to
2: force a relationship, no, that's
1: it. No, this is how people end up so unhappy. Then he would have forced his way through this relationship that he felt wasn't really for him just because, oh, but she did give me the kidney the, the one time, so I should, probably, I should probably stay with her. I, I think that that's a negative situation as well. You know what else makes kidney dialysis patients happy? A
2: new kidney. He got it. You had nothing to complain about, dude. I don't care if she's got two heads
1: and three tits. Just stay with her. (laughs) She volunteered. She volunteered to give you a kidney. Yeah, but she volunteered. Is my point. She volunteered to do that. What do you think? Like, it's not like she said, "Okay, but you got to marry me." Like, she did it out of the kindness of her heart. So, shouldn't that just be it? Like, it sucks, and obviously, he broke her heart. I assume she really liked the guy to do that. I and I feel for you, but sometimes you got to learn lessons in life. And there's a Big motherfucking lesson for her.
2: You know, the next lesson he should learn is find a girl that's got a heart available because he needs a new one.
1: Yes, he does. His is very, very, very black. I'll just say it. <laughs> you're an asshole. His is you're- very
2: charred. She gave you a kidney. You went to Vegas, cheated on her. Oh, actually, there's a bit more of a detail to this story. He went to Vegas and cheated. He came back and admitted it to her. She forgave him and said, okay, it was a mistake. We'll move on. Second chance. Yeah. He still dumped her. I think he was hoping she would dump him when he said she cheated or when he said he
1: cheated. She didn't.
2: So he had to dump her. Yeah. Crazy.
1: He got a kidney. Guys, be careful who you give your kidneys to is basically the lesson. Just make sure that they are, if if, if it's love that you want from that person, make sure they reciprocate it. And if you're just doing it out of the kindness of your heart, prepare to be dumped. It might happen. That's just the truth of life.
2: We are so tight on time, but there's one more story I want to cover. It's wine news. First off, we'll start with the red wine. That's my favorite. Lots of new research has been done into various natural treatments or natural preventative techniques for COVID-19. We've already heard a couple of studies now that have linked both THC from cannabis and CBD from cannabis to really helping. I mean, according to the studies, it was Oregon State University and it was U of W in Kitchener that did yeah. some research on this. They found that with the the cannabis in your system, it's harder for COVID to bind to your cells. I'm not saying it's a defense mechanism or a shield per se, but there's certainly something there that cannabis helps you avoid getting COVID-19. CBD, THC, I'll
1: take one of each, please.
2: And now the red wine. It's a new study out of the UK. People who consumed, this is the downside. you got to drink a lot of red wine.
1: Oh, no. Five, five
2: or more glasses of red wine a week.
1: <laughs> what?
2: It's amazing that they think that's a high amount. I could drink four or five glasses every couple of days. <laughs> but okay, anyway, that's fine. Not everybody drinks at that rate. If you have five or more glasses of red wine a week, almost 20% lower risk of catching COVID. What? It's the same premise as the pot same premise. It goes into your system and either it kickstarts something in there or it just coats the the cells essentially so that the COVID virus can't bind to your cells.
1: Is that only really, does that only really work when you do it a lot? Like I feel like, okay, so what if I drank five glasses of wine and smoked a bunch of weed on the weekend?
2: You're invincible.
1: I know. It seems outrageous. Why would you do that? This is my real, no, I'm really asking you because this is what I do. So what if I did that? How do you know what
2: I'm doing this <laughs> afternoon?
1: <laughs> then, then Monday to Friday, I'm exposed to COVID. Like, are they still finding that it it, it it could work to protect? I know this is early in the research, but...
2: I mean, I think cannabis is in your system for a while. Right. You'll still detect it if you take a, a test weeks later after you've smoked it or however you did it. Uh, maybe red wine is the same. I'm mm-hmm. really not sure. All right. They said that there is some benefit from white wine and even champagne. Those who drank one to four glasses of either in a week had an 8% lower risk of being infected with COVID. Hmm. Maybe you're wondering, what about beer? Mm -hmm. Is a beer in there? Mm -hmm. Maybe a cider? People who drank any amount of beer or cider, 28% higher risk of catching COVID.
1: Whoa. (laughs) It's because you get too touchy-feely on the beer. That's the
2: problem. Well, once my inhibitions are gone, I caught COVID. What
1: the fuck? That's very interesting.
2: Certainly is. And while we're doing wine news, this was actually yours. And I don't Mm want to cut Mm -hmm. too much into your story because you had this today. But Martha Stewart has got a new wine that she's promoting. And as part of the promotional tour for this, she went and met with some actual
1: winemakers something tells me that martha stewart being martha stewart knew a lot about wine to begin with right like more than your average person would going into it going into the business of winemaking but yeah she did and she went to some of the most well-known prominent uh, grape growers and wine sommeliers that you'll know and what she says surprised a lot of people me too she says it's no longer a faux pas It is no longer something to be looked down upon for doing, putting ice cubes in your wine.
2: Only white, though, right? You're not going to put ice in red wine, would you?
1: She didn't specify. If anybody's going by exactly what Martha Stewart says, she didn't specify. But that said, like, I enjoy a chilled red now and again.
2: Okay. Can we discuss alternate forms of cooling?
1: Alternate forms of cooling. Could you refrigerate
2: the bottle? As opposed to putting the ice in it and watering down the wine.
1: Yeah, but when you really want it right now, Scott, oh. you need to get ice in it.
2: Like when you're on your way home from the LCBO yeah. and you're thinking, ah, shit.
1: And the chilled section it doesn't have any of what you want? Yes, 100%. Or you could shake it up and shake it up with ice and then pour it. If you don't want the actual ice cube to water down your wine, you could shake it up with ice. Like a martini. Like a martini.
2: Very good. 19 Crimes has teamed up with Martha Stewart for her new California Chardonnay. It'll be sold starting February the first. Yep, nationwide in America for eleven ninety nine.
1: In America for eleven ninety nine. Let's see how much it is here. I'm
2: guaranteeing that if we get it here, that's like a thirty ish dollar bottle of wine. A
1: couple things on this wine. So nineteen crimes. For those who think that sounds familiar, Snoop. Th- this is this goes back to her relationship with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg also has a line with nineteen crimes. It's it's pretty good, by the way. Very light, a little fruity. Uh and it's a and it's a red. And they're also the company that does the have you had a bottle of Snoop yet? No. So you can get an app to actually make Snoop Dogg talk on the label. Really? So you put it up to the label and he talks to you. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really trippy if you have the bottle first and then do that, though. Oh. I'm gonna warn you. But anyway, so when it comes to her drink, it's a Chardonnay, as you mentioned. It's called Martha Martha's Shard.
2: Say that again. Shard. It's called Mar-
1: Martha's Shard. <laughs> Not shard shard. With a D at the end. You know, Chardonnay. shard. <laughs> it still sounds like I'm saying shart. That's
2: goddamn ridiculous. Martha's
1: shard. Yeah.
2: Listen, we as a society, this isn't just you or me or anyone in particular listening. Just overall, we're getting very lazy with the English language. Chardonnay was not a hard word to say. You're not saving any time by dropping those extra couple of syllables.
1: Yeah, but it makes me giggle.
2: Shard. Really? Is that what we're doing here? We're gonna have a bottle of Chard because <laughs> you didn't want to say Chardonnay.
1: I had a crazy Chard last night. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what'd you do last night? <laughs> I've got into the Chard. <laughs> hey, I sharded last night. You've
1: never had a Chard like this. Let me tell you, uh, Martha's. By the way, I like this description of her Chardonnay because one of the the two things actually that I have I don't like from Chardonnay is the oaky and buttery flavors. Not my not my favorites. And she says. Same thing. Martha's taste is a lot like mine in Chardonnays, so it's no oakiness, no butteriness. She thinks that American Chardonnay, in particular, is some of the, wor- is some of the worst Chardonnay you can get. She's which not I, wrong, which I do not disagree with. And she's out to explore this new Chardonnay concept. She says we are going to love it and want to drink all of her shard. <laughs> <laughs> And I hope her face is on the bottle like Snoops, because like I said, guys, it's a really cool app that goes along with 19 Crimes. And the original 19 Crimes with the guy's face on it, and I don't know the guy's name, and I'm sorry, and maybe I should do my research. That also talks with this particular app. If you want to Google it, just say 19 Crimes app, and, and it'll show up.
2: Why I'm still hung up on this. Why would somebody shorten Chardonnay to Shard? <laughs> You know, it's one thing if you're having some Pinot well, Grigio and you say, I'm having some Pinot. Okay, everybody gets that. They know what you mean.
1: If I say I'm having some peen, it's a whole different story. Right? Yeah.
2: You know, Riesling. You
1: can't really mess with that, and
2: that's good. Just leave it the way it is. Chardonnay, calling it shard is ridiculous, Martha Stewart. And I'm here to tell you, you better change no. your ways.
1: Have you ever watched, like, a Martha Stewart, an old Martha Stewart show? No. She, that's very Martha Stewart of her. Like she will kind of create her own lingo within the show when she's doing a craft or baking something. She will kind of have her own little lingo. So to me, it was very Martha Stewart when I heard that she called it Martha's shard. It's a shard. Like she just does that. She's Martha. Do you like Prosec? I like some, I like some Prosec on a special occasion. What about the champ?
2: Mix it with orange juice? The champ? The The champagne. Yeah, I'm having some champs tonight. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Just say the word. It's not hard.
1: It's not hard. Don't pretend like you're classy every time you drink wine. You know that's not the case.
2: Well, listen, I'm classy enough that I'll always drink it in a glass. I'm sure as shit not putting an ice cube in it, and I'm not shortening the name. Sauvignon Blanc is just that. I'm, going I'm not with, having some salve.
1: I'm going with peen. Or salve. I'm going with peen every time. Yeah,
2: you're drinking the peen, aren't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right out of the bottle. <laughs>
1: right Till it hurts the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Uh, this is, this is a long one here, guys. We got to roll. <laughs>
1: That's what she said. Have a great day.
2: We will check in with you again tomorrow with another episode of After 9. In the meantime, hit subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. Share it.
1: Rate us on Spotify. We always appreciate your ratings. Thank you for that.
2: Lots of them coming in, too. Uh, good luck to the truckers who are on that convoy. Drive safe, guys. And we will be talking to you specifically more over the next couple of days. Guys, get this. The FBI said an unruly passenger on a Delta flight was taken into custody after he refused to wear a mask and mooned a flight attendant and other passengers. The man ultimately apologized and then returned to the cockpit to fly the plane. Rapper Jay-Z has reportedly signed on to a letter urging New York Governor Kathy Hochul and state lawmakers to ban prosecutors from using rap lyrics as evidence against defendants in court. Not because it's unfair Just because it's so cringy To hear lawyers recite them (laughs) According to a new report Britain's Prince Andrew Had a collection of more than 70 teddy bears And staff members were ordered To arrange them according to a diagram And then they could get to work On his enormous collection Of giant red flags